do the ship? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you would be correct. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sip and Spin. My name is Skylar, and over here in a Ouija board shirt is Brittany. Hello. This is a variety podcast where we talk about anything, everything, and nothing. Also, Skylar's sick, and she refused to leave. So, <laughs> she sounds particularly pitiful. It's fine. It's just allergies. <laughs> She could still rest. They're not going to go away anytime soon. Well, I won't ask how you are. Yeah, I ranted about how I was before we started. Well, that just probably feel about how you sound, so. But I started a new book series, so that's exciting. Anything good? Uh, called all, The series is called All for the Game. The first book is The Foxhole Court. I made a TikTok about it. About me reading it. So. Oh. Go to my TikTok at GleamYKS <laughs> and you can see my TikTok and read about me reading this new book. <laughs> All right. I've had the book series since July of 2020 and just never got around <laughs> to reading it. I, I, I bought it literally over a year ago. I have many books like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just buy them to collect them. And then on Thanksgiving, I was like, I'm going to read this fucking book. And then I did. Nice. Proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I've also just been reading, so, <laughs> a new series. Oh, what series are you reading? I'm finally reading the Throne of Glass series oh, that okay. everyone always talks about. But I have put it off because it's like eight books. Mm. But on uh, Black Friday, there was a Kindle deal where you could get them all for $5. And they're normally $90. So I was like, That's... I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. I don't know if that deal is still going on, but if you ever wanted to read Throne of Glass, $5 on Kindle. Nice. I'm on the third one. Do you like it? I do. I think after this, I'm going to read Six of Crows because there seems to be like a lot of people make like a Venn diagram and they've got the Raven Cycle, All for the Game, and Six of Crows like in the Venn diagram together. So yeah. I think I'm just going to complete the little trinity. I've started Six of Crows. I never finished it. I need to restart it. Yeah, but it was funny because I got recommended All for the Game for my friend Asher because I was, I had just reread the Raven Cycle um, and I was like, I need another book series that makes me feel the way this does. And he was like, all, and I was like, in something that's similar to like the Raven Cycle. And he was like, all for the game. And I was like, okay. Immediately before he even explained anything, I went and I bought the series. <laughs> and then he was like, but actually it's not at all like the Raven Cycle, except for like the found family thing. It's like lacrosse, sort of, it's like, it's the sport is exy and it's sort of like <laughs> it's sort of like lacrosse i think and then the mafia is somehow involved the cross so. mafia Good. <laughs> already very interesting yeah so he was like so it's not at all like the raven cycle in that sense but it made me feel the way the raven cycle the way raven cycle also made me feel and it's also got the found family and i was like well i already bought it so i'm gonna read it <laughs> A year later, but I guess I'll read it. <laughs> and since Skylar is taking a sip... Oh, shit! <laughs> I guess we'll talk about what we're talking about. She was doing so good for so long. <laughs> it's been a couple weeks. I had to bring it back. So, what are we talking about today? So, our topic for today was creators slash creatives. And... Go ahead. I was going to say, and the drink was Brittany's choice, so I'm going to let Brittany tell us uh, what we're drinking. Yeah, we're drinking Riesling. Wine. Butterbox. Butterbox. I just brushed my teeth, so it's not great, but I know it's good. So <laughs> oh, um, before we get started, so I, um, if you remember from one of our episodes, we had a special guest, uh, Ro, from the One True Podcast, um, and I my episode on her podcast, uh, or my guest appearance on her podcast, just came out on Tuesday, so you should go listen to that. Yay! It was really fun. I I really enjoyed recording, and then listening back to it, I was like, this is so nice. So, And I just love listening to all the, the episodes from the One True Pod, because even if it's something I don't ship or just don't know, just to hear people talk about it, I'm just like, this is so fun. It's yeah. so nice. It's just such a good, like... Just people talking about what they like. Yeah, it's so positive. So definitely go check it out. Yes, go listen. Anything else? No, that's all. <laughs> I, I just thought about it because... No, yeah, that's I'm, I meant to tell you, but yeah. I completely forgot. I just saw the the, the One True Podcast, like, the oh. tweet came up. Good timing. So I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess 
we'll just jump right in. Mine isn't going to be too terribly long, so hopefully for Skylar's sake, hers isn't either. But. No, it is not, <laughs> and uh, you are going to be so proud of me, because Brittany knows what I'm talking about, but I kept the simping to a bare... To, I didn't even really simp. Wow. I tried so hard to keep it like <laughs> factual and professional, and I did. Look at you, gross. <laughs> We'll see if she can do it. <laughs> I'll try not to get off on a tangent. <laughs> we make no promises of that here. <laughs> no, we never do. So yeah, it's creators or creatives. And I had no idea what I was doing until yesterday afternoon. <laughs> oh, so when I texted you on Monday to be like, hey, my notes are done, but my friend is coming over. And you were like, yeah, I'm not feeling good. <laughs> No, you just I really didn't have your notes done. <laughs> that was part of it, but uh, I did actually feel like crap there. So I was like, "Oh, this is a great sign. I can just sleep and I don't have to worry about my notes." Because I still didn't know who I wanted to do, but uh, it kind of came to me all at once. I was like, "Oh, I should do this person." Because I always get like tripped up with creators and creatives. I'm like, "Oh, it has it's it has to be this one specific thing." But it's like, no, it's so broad, and I keep not remembering that. Yeah. So I trip myself up every time. See, I have the opposite problem because I don't know who I want to do because there are so many people that I'm like, I can do this this person from this category or this person from this category, this person from this category. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually going to talk about a game creator. Ooh. Is it who I think it is? It is Eric Barone, who is AKA Concerned Ape. Yeah. is his alias that people he also responds to if that sounds familiar and you're like why does that sound familiar we'll get there (laughs) so eric brown Brown is an american video game developer video game designer artist composer and musician he is most notable for creating stardew valley just a great game you know how much we love stardew valley on this (laughs) podcast yeah so i was like oh i should just talk about him because he made a game i adore with all my heart so that's what I'm going to talk about. And in doing so, also talk about Stardew Valley. Yeah. So. so a little bit of background. His mother is a German native and didn't move into the U.S. until about a year before he was born. Because of this, he says that he thinks he has an unusual upbringing that was a little unconventional for that reason. In his early years, he wasn't exposed to much, quote, American culture. His parents played mostly classical music in the house. Uh, they didn't even have cable TV, and there weren't any other, like, kids in the neighborhood that they lived in, because they kind of lived outside a big town, but, like, in the woods, kind of. Oh, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, therefore, he kind of learned to live, like, in his own little world. Yeah, his house was on the edge of a swamp, so... Not same. <laughs> there was plenty of opportunity for him to, like, go explore outdoors, but he was always, like, by himself. Mm-hmm. He was born in Los Angeles, and then they moved to Washington in the Seattle-ish area. So this is, like, outside of Seattle was where that was, and he still lives in uh, Washington today. When he was 18 or 19, he was in an experimental electric pop duo called 17 Colorful Feathers. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Which I was like, all right. I mean, which makes sense because like I love one of the main things I like about Stardew Valley is the music. Mm -hmm. And because he composed all that himself. I was like, oh, of course you were in like a weird little band. Yeah. Like we, the Stardew Valley soundtrack is just like so fun. It's so nice. That's why when we got our... uh, intro music for the podcast we sent what what did you say was it a cameo or it was a i did it on fiverr okay it was a fiverr to the description was like we want a spooky stardew valley you did i was like i want it to be like witchy stardew valley and he was like weird but all right and that's what we got and we loved it and that is what our intro and outro music is (laughs) fun fact based on stardew valley it's witchy stardew valley (laughs) And uh, with his band, one of his ideas was when they released their album online, he would include a video game with it. So he like created this little video game to go along with their album release when he was 18 or 19 years old. That's so cool. So he crafted what he called a quote, dumb little game, (laughs) called the 17CF game or something like that. Like it's been so long ago, he can't even remember. (laughs) Um, Quote, it's pretty embarrassing now. Uh, you can find a link to it through his GQ interview if you're interested in playing it. And I will post the interview link in our show notes. But I did play it a little bit. And it's very funny. <laughs> it's like an old school point and click with like hand drawn like MS Paint animation. 
I like the whole time the character you play is like bashing his band. <laughs> like, this guy's roommate is going to the 17 Colorful Feathers show. And the guy you're playing is like, no, I don't like them. They're horrible. I only like good music. <laughs> and I'm like, this is your band, Eric. But it was just, I was cracking up at little stuff so like that. It so funny. But it was just like a silly game. But it was, I, I still played it for a little bit. <laughs> Please tell me that the other person in the band was the friend that Shane is based on. <laughs> I don't know, actually. That, I I'm not hope sure. that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I couldn't picture that Shane being in a pop band. <laughs> He then went on and went to the University of Washington, Tacoma, and graduated in 2011 with a degree in computer science. After graduating, uh, he was failing to land a steady supporting job, so he kind of got really down and out about that. At the time, he was uh, living with his long-term girlfriend, and like, just he was really on the focus of like, I need to get a steady job so that I can get us out of this like crappy apartment and like stuff like that like so to since he was having trouble getting the job he decided that he would teach himself to code as a way to like give him a leg up because he thought that that would be something that a lot of times now people are looking for people who know how to code so um he intended for learning programming games to be how he do that but he wanted to do it like in a creative way so he's Mm -hmm. like oh i'll learn how to like program games teach myself to code and it was never supposed to be like anything else it was never supposed to lead anywhere but by doing that, teaching him to code, that is when he soon began working on Stardew Valley from like right after graduation. He states that he doesn't know if he would have made a game if he had gotten a job like right out of college. Quotes, life can seem very random sometimes. It's always been, a, I've always been an ambitious person and I've always been obsessed with creating things. So it's possible that I would have been dissatisfied with an office job and done something different, but really who knows. Well, at the time, he was frustrated he never landed a job quickly. He also was like, well, if I did, would I even made Stardew Valley? Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, if it's random, you don't know. But in regards to that, he says, on the contrary, my friends say that they always knew that I would make something like Stardew Valley. So like, oh, that's so sweet. Friends, so supportive. So yeah, he began working on Stardew Valley in 2012, and it released it in 2016. He worked on it for a while. If you've ever played the game, you know that there's a lot of little details in it. And also, uh, he made it completely independently. He did everything himself. Did everything from making the characters, writing the dialogue, creating the music, and animating every single pixel. Since 2019, he has been assisted on Stardew Valley by one other designer. He says that he used psychological tools to fool himself into having the confidence he needed to succeed. He adopted the attitude of 100% faith in his abilities. He swore that he would never give up until he found success. He acted with great confidence, even if it didn't feel it inside. So, like, dude straight up just manifested making this game. <laughs> he was like, I am amazing. I am great. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> he did. And, like, it's, I, read, I didn't put all the details in the interview he did. It was a really detailed interview, but, like, making the game almost, like, killed him in his soul. Because uh, to supplement making it, he worked, like, part-time at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And so he would spend 12 hours just staring at a screen if you've ever worked at a desk job or even at a job with computers, like we have, even just that little bit, now just do it for 12 hours straight, looking at one little pixel detail, trying to fix it or change it, and then going straight to uh, your part-time job that you hate at a movie theater. Like, it was killing his soul. It was hurting his relationship with his girlfriend. She was like, you need to stop. You need to eat. She would like have to drag him away. And it was just like slowly just draining him as a person. But he's like gotta be perfect Mm -hmm. so he's very much a perfectionist he has cited the harvest moon series as his favorite as a child and that's kind of what led to the idea of stardew valley in the beginning are you familiar with the harvest moon games no not at all i was like when you said that in my head i was like i'm gonna pretend i know what that is it's it's a japanese basically farming sim but it was kind of the first big one of that sense where it was like you're not going off an adventure you're just having a domestic like raising farm animals, farming, and, like, making friends, and you could marry people and have a family. Like, the kind, the first type of that sort of game that really blew up was Harvest Moon. Gotcha. And they have quite a few, and, like, they've just released a new one, but they go way back, kind of around to, like, early, um, I don't know if that's as old as Pokemon, but, like, early Animal Crossing, maybe a little before that. So that's what he grew up playing. Um, and that makes sense. If you know Harvest Moon, then you can kind of see where the Stardew Valley inspiration came from, because it's mm-hmm. very much that, like, domestic, just living how you want to live in a 
kind of like that, like raise a farm. Uh, when asked what it was about Harvest Moon that captivated him, he said, quote, For some reason, Harvest Moon captured my imagination in a special way. Maybe it was the fact that the entire game took place in a relatively small area. You felt at home there, you felt safe. And while the game world was small, you didn't feel like you were forced down a linear path. You could plan out and work on your farm in your own way. That appealed to me more than the huge linear adventures that other RPGs had. So I would say that he really captured that feeling with Stardew also, mm -hmm. because it's not a big game. It's not no. huge, but you always have something to do. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like... You live in this small village, and there are all these... But you can just talk to all yeah, the villagers. You can do whatever you want to yeah. do with your day. You can either mine, you can farm, or you can just talk to people, or you can just be like Pam and go to the salon and drink. <laughs> you can just drink all your money. <laughs> so yeah, like he really latched onto that. I think he played tribute to that feeling very well. In 2017, Eric made it onto Forbes 30 Under 30 list in the games category, which nice. is a really big deal if you know what the 30 Under 30 is. So that's really impressive. Congrats, man. He never imagined that Stardew would be as successful as it has been. He credits a lot of the success to the fact that a big portion of players of Stardew do happen to be female, and also states that there are more secret fans of the farming RPG genre than he could have predicted. Which I definitely believe, um, since Stardew like launched, there has been such a surge and mass of like simplified, calming, peaceful farming games that just like started releasing one after the other, and like they've blown up and really created back to Stardew Valley. Mm -hmm. So maybe you were talking about this and you're like, what is Stardew Valley? Well, let me tell you what Stardew Valley is, yes. if you haven't gleaned a little bit. But basically it's just a country life RPG, it's a very basic description, it's just um, pure joy. Play it. <laughs> You'll feel so much re more relaxed in your life. But it sold a million copies in just two months after its release, and it was nominated for Best Independent Game at the Game Awards in 2016. So this little game that he didn't even intend to make went on to like get him on the Forbes 30 Under 30, sold a million copies. It's just it's crazy. You can play it on PC, Mac, Linux, Xbox, PlayStation, PlayStation Vita, the Nintendo Switch. It's also available on iOS phones and Android phones. I have it on PC, PlayStation, Switch, and my iPhone, so... <laughs> I just have it on the Switch, so I may get it on my iPhone. <laughs> I have bought this game. He's gotten so much of my money, not even talking about merch yet. <laughs> it's currently also supported in English, German, Spanish, Brazilian, por Portuguese, Russian, Japanese, Chinese, Italian, French, Korean, Turkish, and Hungarian, so... If you've never played it and it's supported in your era, you should definitely play it. The game is constantly being updated, even to this day, and Eric takes a personal interest in any problems and problem solving. He's very hands-on with any fixes. Skylar just took a selfie. No, my app store uses Face ID. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like, are you really just taking a selfie right now? <laughs> nope. I cannot tell you the last time I've taken a selfie. Oh, actually I can. It was on Halloween when I was showing, took a picture of my makeup. Huh, fair enough. He has also let it be known that many characters in Stardew are inspired by people he's met in real life. One specific character is almost entirely based on a person he knows very well, has the same name, same personality, interest, and taste. And while he didn't in this specific interview where he says that, he's like, I'm not going to name him, but his friend has since named himself. So that character is, of course, Shane, as we have talked about before. We love Shane. Well, and Shane. Uh, we love the real life Shane also because he just totally plays into <laughs> hating his character. It's so great on Twitter. <laughs> I love Shane so much. And... But yeah, so while all the characters are kind of based on some people he knows, Shane was based very specifically on the real life Shane, that was hey, his best friend. Hit me up with whoever uh, real life Abigail is based off of because <laughs> she's hot. <laughs> He says that he also thinks that he has injected a little of himself into most all of his characters so he can identify with a lot of them. That's why he doesn't really relate to one specific character. I think that's normal when you create characters. Like In the game, if you aren't familiar with it, you are able to help out this small, quaint little town by building back up their community center, or you can sell out to the, quote, evil Joja company. You can choose to do either way, but you still get like the same outcome, but it's a little different depending on if you help the community center or if you help the, jo the evil Jojo Mart. 
Erica said that Joja is not based on a specific corporation, but rather all of his various ideas of a modern mega corporation taken to like a far extreme. Mm -hmm. He allows players to sell out to Joja because he wanted to allow that kind of freedom. Giving players the option to do the bad thing makes the game more interesting. So it's not like this, oh, you're have to choose just to be a good guy you can join joja but they're life-sucking and why would you ever do that <laughs> i refuse to buy anything from joja mart even though i know i know sam likes the joja cola i will just get him pizza from the saloon yeah you can also just fish out joja from the rivers like, i give <laughs> sam my river trash all the time <laughs> he's like thanks it's all like this like well, anything get, for like, you buddy yeah i get random like empty cans or something i'm like what am i supposed to do with oh, this they're not empty you can drink them oh. or give them the sand which is what i usually do but they'll give you like energy if you drink them so they're good to like get, stack them up yeah well i can't fucking fish so the only thing i've gotten is like a pile of trash and i'm like who do i give this to you don't you <laughs> put it in the recycle machine there's a recycle machine you have to craft it Oh. And then it can, like, it'll give you, like, stuff from the trash. See, I just put it in, like, my shipping box at the I mean, end of the day. You don't get And I don't get it. anything. Yeah. It's, like, zero. I'm, like, cool. cool I'll cool. give it to the mayor. I tried to give it to Lila once because he was digging through people's trash. So I was, like, well, maybe he'll like the trash. And he was, like, the fuck? And I was, like, okay. Well, you were digging through people's trash. I just For wanted, food, not I just, trash. I just wanted to help. <laughs> Like in real life, people would not appreciate it if you just handed them wanted of trash. <laughs> I didn't know. I just saw him digging through trash cans. I was like, I'm going to help my guy out. <laughs> You're and funny. He was like, no. Uh, one of the greatest aspects of Stardew Valley, in many opinions, is the fact that it is very LGBTQ plus inclusive by allowing same-sex relationships with all of the romanceable options in the game. So if they're an option for anyone to romance anyone can romance them no matter their gender or your player character gender which is nice and rare in a lot of games mm -hmm. so when asked uh where do you think video game industry still needs improvement and what can gamers do to get there in regards to this inclusion eric uh said this i think a lot of big game studios take the safe and uncontroversial route when it comes to social and political issues for fear of losing sales this leads to bland, focused test experiences that maintain the status quo. Ultimately, the people who buy our games have the power to shape the industry by choosing where to spend their money. If games that allow same-sex relationships do well financially, that sends a message to the content creators. I like to think that the success of Stardew Valley will cause other developers to consider designing more inclusive relationship options in their games. Of course, I think that developers should just do the right thing regardless of where the money's at. If you create a game that people want and be honest with the people supporting it, you will find success. No calculated money-making schemes are necessary, but maybe that's naive. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. You should just, yeah, just give the option to people. Because <laughs> it's not like... Because what I like about it is it's not a big deal. Like, it doesn't make it into a big thing. It just like... Oh, yeah. You think I'm cute? Cool. You're cute, too. Thanks yeah. for the trash, I guess. Skylar's... <laughs> play the style <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gave me a gift we're bonding and it's not like a specific like here's this whole coming out thing or this whole it's just like yeah you get to be who you are and romance whoever you want it's not like you have you just get the freedom to do whatever yeah and like some of the characters a lot of them don't make a big deal of it but i have dated most of them just to see what all of their like cutscenes oh, are i have not i've only dated abigail and well, we're not even together yet but i know but like some of them they don't make a big deal out of it at all but i know like alex i think if you're a guy and you're romance and he's like huh i never considered a dude but i like you so it's fine like it's still not a big yeah. deal ish they just like make an effort to be like oh i never would have thought of that or like huh interesting and then like leah if you talk to her even if you're a guy character uh, she mentions that she her ex in the city is a girl like it's just it's all there throughout but no one mm -hmm. like cares yeah and people are like oh well, it's also just based on gifts that's not realistic and people had that same issue with dragon age origins which is how you make people like you is because you like give them gifts and i'm like you're telling me if someone every day didn't come up to you and give you your like favorite thing in the world you wouldn't fall in love with them no matter who they were that's bullshit <laughs> That's called behavioral psychology. <laughs> <laughs> like, you will. <laughs> it's called positive reinforcement. 
And we're all just animals. Because it comes from Pavlov. Yeah. And the dogs that, you know, he'd ring a bell and then feed them. So after a while, every time he rang the bell, they would immediately start like salivating because that meant food. And that same thing goes to if like there's this person who really likes chocolate and every day you bring them their favorite chocolate, their favorite chocolate makes them happy. And if you bring them your your favorite, their favorite chocolate, like every, every day they're going to end up associating you with the same happiness the chocolate brings them. It's, it's all behavioral psychology. (laughs) And that's how you make everyone in Stardew Valley love you. (laughs) (laughs) It's also how I'm trying to get Brittany to love me. (laughs) I'm tougher than that. (laughs) And then she just tells me, stop buying me things. (laughs) No. (laughs) When asked what the biggest challenge during the creation process of Stardew was, Eric said that, quote, it was overcoming external and internal psychological pressures. By external, I mean perceived or real pressure from the others in my life. By internal... I mean, negative thoughts such as self-doubt, boredom, lack of focus, and the tendency to start thinking my work is actually bad. So, like, he's really smart and, like, yeah. very thoughtful with everything, which you can see in, like, the nuances of the game. Like, there's some deep cuts in that game that was like, oh. Yeah, just the way he was, like, even if it was perceived or real pressure, but then also everything in myself because I hated this game at one point. He got to the point where he actually hated Stardew Valley and, like, he thought it was legit bad. And it almost didn't release it, like, a month before it was supposed to be out. That's the thing with creative work, though. That's what I was, I was like, that is so, like, common with a lot of creators, though. I mean, every time I'm writing something, I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. This is the worst thing I've ever written in my entire life. This is horrible. And I'm like, I just want to give up. And then I move on to, like, a new project or something that I hopefully will like better. But then when I return to the old one and finally do it and just, like, stick it out and stick with it and upload it and then I get a comment that's like this was so nice to read and I'm like why but that's just (laughs) what we do we yeah we are our harshest critics oh yeah in 2020 he announced that he was working on several new games and at least two of them were set in the Stardew Valley universe in February 2021 him and Cole Miodorus I'm not sure just Cole M released a cooperative board game adaptation of Stardew Valley, and it sold out, but it is very fun. It's very hard. I do have the board game. <laughs> but they're, like, constantly, like, doing, like, reprints of it also. So if you're so like, oh, it sold out, you can still get one, I think, um, soon. On October 21st, 2021, Eric announced his new game, Concerned Apes Haunted Chocolatier, was currently in development. And yes. I'm so excited for this game. Yeah, because you showed me the trailer for it during the cooking episode, and I was like, this looks amazing. Yeah, and now I'm so excited. And then I wanted to know if I could romance a ghost. (laughs) You hopefully can romance a ghost. Hey, Eric, let us know if we can romance ghosts. (laughs) Can we bribe you to let us romance a ghost? Uh, You can feature on our podcast if you let us romance ghosts. That is not like a a bribe. Like, but I think that'd be doing us more. Yeah, that'd be doing us a favor. It would do nothing for you, but. We will tell you how much we love your game. (laughs) We will feed your ego. (laughs) Along with this announcement, he also released an early gameplay trailer, which is what Skylar was talking about, that featured some of the things you can expect in the new game. In this game, you will play as a chocolatier living in a haunted house. Like in Stardew, you will move to a new town and try your hand at a new way of living. You'll meet townspeople, achieve goals, etc. You will have to gather ingredients, make chocolate, and sell them in your shop in order to thrive and survive. He's also said that Haunted Chocolatier will be more of an action RPG when compared to Stardew. That was less that. So this will be more like action heavy. So I'm assuming more like fighting outside of probably just like the confined minds like in Stardew. I'm thinking maybe it might be more broad skull fighting. I I don't know. Please don't make (laughs) us fight the ghost. I like ghosts. No, I think they work for you. That's what it seemed like, <laughs> which could create a whole new problem if you try and romance the ghost who work for you between professional work. Well, and... if they've signed a contract, I think it would be frowned upon. Yeah. Yeah. Crossing some lines. HR would definitely be contacted. <laughs> <laughs> but you are the HR. <laughs> That's why me and Brittany never got together was because of <laughs> yes. HR. And the fact that I don't like her. <laughs> that too. <laughs> she keeps trying to buy me with buy me with presents. <laughs> Much like the beginning of Stardew, Eric is developing this game completely on his own. 
and he said that he has no plans to get anyone else involved at the time. He also announced that he will be self-publishing this game, so it'll be completely his, where, like, with Stardew, um, he did publish it under Chucklefish, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which is a game-like publisher. But this one he's also going to self-publish, which I think is really cool. There is no release date. He has said that it's still in very early development, and he wants to be able to work in peace without the pressure of an release date, which is, like, completely fair. Yeah. He has not confirmed for sure whether this is one of the games that takes place in the world of Stardew Valley, but a lot of people speculate that it kind of is because it seems similar, but it also might not be. Who knows? Uh, he began work on this game in 2020. And has been working on it mostly just in evenings and the weekends because, like I said, he still actively works on starter-related things and that game is constantly getting updated and fixed. He's very hands-on with his games. Of all the other games he has been working on, this is the one that he expects will be finished first. So it's not even the only new game he's working on, so he's just con like a workaholic, basically. Yeah. If you can't tell. <laughs> so in a statement with that came with the game announcement. This is what he kind of had to say about it. Why chocolate? I'm not sure. It just kind of came to me. I think sometimes the best ideas just appear in a flash instead of being cleverly thought out. That's how I like to work anyway. Regardless, I think a lot of people like chocolate. Chocolate represents that which is delightful. The haunted castle represents the allure of the unknown. The ghosts represent the imprint of the past. All of these things are important. However, don't think for one moment that because this game features ghosts in a haunted castle, it is an evil or negative game. On the contrary, I intend for this game to be positive, uplifting, and life-affirming. However, if Stardew Valley mostly channeled the energy of the sun, Haunted Chocolatier channels the energy of the moon. Both are vital. More important than all of that, I just want to make a fun game. Aww. Like, he's so precious, but he's so good with his words. That's why I have so many quotes from him. I'm just like, I just love the way you speak. <laughs> So I kind of, I'll end my little section on this. I kind of mentioned earlier, so after a period of time working on Stardew Valley, he began to really dislike Stardew Valley. Based on that, his advice for creators who may also begin to dislike their own work is this. Just realize that it's normal to start hating your own work. In many ways, it's a good sign because it shows that you are improving. Even if you start hating what you are doing, finishing a project is a very good feeling and can keep you much more motivated in the long run. And that's Eric Barone. Yay! He's just making cool games and being a positive little beacon. He's so nice. He is! <laughs> he seems like such a sweet little bean. If you've never played Stardew Valley, I definitely recommend yes. checking it out. Because it is, it seems simple and maybe like you're like, oh, it seems boring. It's not. <laughs> no, I'm having a hard It'll time. suck you in. <laughs> Getting money is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> if you know how to fish, it's not that hard. I can't fucking fish, though. That's the issue. Fishing on the Nintendo Switch is very difficult. You just gotta get the hang of it. Yeah, I, I'll well, teach I, you sometime. I fucking tried. I literally spent, like, an entire day. Not, like, day in our time, but day in Stardew yeah. Valley time trying to fish. And just, that's all I did was I stood there and I just tried to fish. And I maybe caught, like, one thing. And it was trash. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. Was, <laughs> was your luck bad that day? Huh? Did you check your luck that day? We have luck we're supposed to check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> if you check your TV every morning and go to the fortune teller, she'll tell you what your luck looks like for the day. Couldn't tell you the last time I checked my <laughs> television. I don't think I've turned it on one time. It's also how you learn recipes for cooking. Oh. Yeah, well, I, I mean, there's a lot to the game. I did not, I have not fucking looked at my TV one time. I even, I think I disappointed Abigail while I, because I finally got invited to her room. For the journey of the Prairie King or whatever. The, the game. game. Yeah. Um, and did you help it? no, we fucking lost. And she was like, oh, thank you for trying. I was like, please don't be mad at me. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Like, yeah. please don't hate me, Abigail. I'm in love with you. If you if you beat her, she uh, she gives you a really nice smile. And she's like, I knew you were good with your hands. <sighs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I will get her to flirt with me again. Alrighty. So I kind of did a little twist on mine. So I will be talking about two creators and their combined creative project. So technically, it's got two creators, but then a project they're working on together. So I th they worked on together. So I think it still counts, even though a project itself is not a creative or creator. It is 
a creative piece from two creators. <laughs> we'll allow it. <laughs> so uh, hopefully it counts. So I will be talking about Unis Onis, which was created by Markiplier and Crank Gameplays. So Mark Fishbach was born on June 28th, 1989. So he is 32. He's known as Markiplier on social media. He's a YouTube gamer, blogger, philanthropist, actor, aspiring singer, and he hosts podcasts. He is also one of the founders of the clothing company Cloak, along with Jacksepticeye. So Mark uploads playthroughs of various video games. Um, most notably, though, are like the horror games that he plays, um, which I actually watch less of uh, because I'm a big old baby and I get scared by everything. <laughs> um, I had to watch like I wanted to watch his Outlast playthrough. And when I did that, I could only watch it during the daytime because I was so scared all of the time. I was like, I cannot watch this at night. It has to be daylight <laughs> out because I'm just, I'm a, just a big old baby. I don't do scary stuff, but Mark, I tried for you. <laughs> <laughs> On November 15th, 2019, Markiplier and Ethan revealed a channel named Unis Honus. They promised to delete it after one year, hence the name being one year in Latin. Um, they deleted the channel at midnight on November 14th, 2020, which like Brittany mentioned last, last episode or the cooking episode, I think it was last episode, was the year anniversary of Unis yeah, Audis yeah. ending, um, which is what inspired my segment was since recently it was the one year anniversary of the end. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Makes sense. So yes, Mark's channel is known under the name Markiplier. Um, he has accumulated more than 15 billion channel views and 30 million subscribers. He makes a milestone video every time he hits a million milestone to show fans his gratitude and often includes news about upcoming project in those milestone videos. And in 2017, Mark was named the most influ influential YouTuber. He is primarily known for his videos pertaining to Slender, SCP, Containment Breach, Drunk Minecraft, which I think is so fun <laughs> as someone who likes to get drunk and play games very poorly. That's what my Twitch is branded off of is I suck at video games and drink wine. <laughs> <laughs> Cry of Fear, uh, Amnesia Custom Stories, Five Nights at Freddy's, and Happy Wheels Highlights. I have watched a lot of the Happy Wheels because it's not a scary game. It's just silly. So I'm like, I love these. <laughs> So, and then he got his online handle, Markiplier, as a combination of his first name, Mark. Wow, Markiplier, Mark. What? Who knew? <laughs> and the word multiplier. And he currently works with a few people. Um, Tyler, his longtime best friend since fourth grade. Yeah, Tyler Sheed. I, I like watching the videos with Mark, Tyler, and Ethan. Those are always so funny. Like the they just Markiplier have, makes. Yeah, he's <laughs> such a good vibe. Um, <laughs> Those are old. Huh? So those are old. <laughs> like I watched the like Cards Against Humanity one, the like different games like that they play together. And I'm like, these are so fun. <laughs> and then also Ethan, who runs the channel Crank Gameplays and helps Mark um, edit videos. Um, and then there's Catherine, Mark's editor and good friend, who is also a good friend of Amy. Mark is currently in a relationship with Amy Nelson, who is a graphic designer known on Twitter as Ice Dark Roast. Which I love that. She's also Peebles on Twitter. It's like her personal one, I think. Okay, gotcha. She also makes pottery and sells it. I love that. That's so exciting. <laughs> Which is why one of the Unis Honest episodes, they were in her pottery studio and terrified. <laughs> she was terrified. Like, don't fuck up my shit. <laughs> they were very nervous. <laughs> it was funny. Markiplier Twitch um, is an inactive channel, but it holds Mark's Twitch live streams, like in case you've missed it. So even though it's not active anymore, you can still find it and see like old Twitch clips um, from his streams. Uh, but it has been un inactive, unactive, excuse me, <laughs> inactive since mid tw uh, 2012. And he collaborates and plays games with several, several other YouTubers, in particular PewDiePie, Jacksepticeye, Cinnamon Toast, Ken, Moist Kerm, is that how you say it? That's how I've always said it. And Lord Minion 777, amongst many, many others. In November of 2018, he supported PewDiePie on his live stream, I won't literally shut up until you subscribe to PewDiePie, pushing the sub gap to 70k away from T-Series along with Jacksepticeye. If you remember the PewDiePie and T-Series like 
whole thing. No. Okay, so PewDiePie, he's like the most subscribed YouTuber on YouTube. I mean, I know who, I just don't really care about it. Yeah. I don't either. <laughs> but I just remember all of that being like a big deal. Uh, like, no matter, like every YouTube video I watched, like someone was talking about it. Because <laughs> like PewDiePie, I'm not really big into PewDiePie, except for like, like not his gameplay either. I like his videos um, with Marzia and like the like life videos that they do because him and Marzia are adorable. All I know of Felix is when he's like in uh, Sean's videos. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like only watch because I only watch Jackson Fly and um, Markiplier pretty much for yeah. gaming. I I watch quite a few YouTube YouTube gamers, but PewDiePie is just one that I was like never really into except for like when he was doing like a. Like, he played Cards Against Humanity with Marzio, and it was just the two of them, and it was so silly and fun. But, like, I just, I love Marzio. She's so sweet. And they're so cute together. I'm like, okay, I'll watch these. In November of 2019, he teamed up with Ethan and created the channel Una's Honest, with the premise that the channel would be deleted after 365 days, and none of the videos would be re-uploaded on any channels. And then, so Mark, he plays with a style that is, like, a nice mix of being like calm subdued sarcastic confused and loud panic so instead of just being like loud all of the time or just being like calm all the time he kind of has like a healthy mix of both which i think is one of the things that makes him super super interesting to watch because it's just like oh, this is everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything and he commonly takes on like an exaggerated facade of like courage uh when he's like when the danger of the video or the danger of the game has gone away like being like i'm so fucking awesome like of course i knew what i was doing the whole time and like jokingly overstates either his gaming skills or like his ability to solve puzzles like he's like yeah i'm the best and i'm like i get that because i do that all the fucking time (laughs) upon the appearance of like the antagonist of the game um, he often panics, giving the trademark screams um, and fleeing towards the nearest available exit or closet or hiding space. And then upon the escape from the threat, uh, the smooth attitude returns. And then like, so does his like playful attitude and like jokes about the game's antagonist. However, on the other games, such as like I Am Bread, Super Mario Maker, or like a nonsense puzzle, like he <laughs> very, it gets very angry which i understand the frustration <laughs> like that's how some, some of the angriest he's ever been was in do you ever watch the pogo stuck videos yes <laughs> he's very angry in that game yes. and they keep paying him to play it <laughs> that's kind of how i feel when i'm fishing and starting out <laughs> i just get pissed i'm like i'm fucking done i'm never fishing again <laughs> yeah and so he just gets very fired up playing those games that i think it's hilarious but mark he's got a well-trained eye for like quality in games um and he praises creative or innovative features um especially the physics because mark like went to school for engineering mm-hmm. um so he's very into that and he will play a game through to its end despite if it has any faults or anything like that and then at the end of videos he will often like talk about the quality of the game what it did and didn't do well as well as give the developer advice on like how to make the game better which i think is really cool to like be able to have that you know just people helping people yeah and then mark has a special place in his heart for his fans and has shown it numerous times he had been going through a rough patch in his life before he started doing youtube and so posting videos of him playing games was the thing that kept him going and it still keeps him going today um he shows his appreciation for appreciation and love for his fans saying that he would be nowhere without them and believes that every single one of them has the potential to change the world which i'm like Thanks, man. (laughs) Mark often says that he believes that with the right person leading the community, they can do amazing things and do so much good work. They just need to be pushed in the right direction. In his 3 million subscriber milestone video, he shows the love and support he gives his fans and how he wants the best for all of them with them wanting the same for them can be seen throughout the video. The community they share is known for being one of the most positive fan bases on YouTube, which I think is very true. Mm-hmm. I've been in a lot of different like fan bases on YouTube and Mark probably really does have one of the most positive. Yeah. Okay. So Ethan Mark Nestor Darling uh, was born on October 24th, 1996. So he's 25, otherwise known as Crank Gameplays, is 
a video game commentator, blogger, and one of Markiplier's former editors. He is frequently featured on Mark's channel alongside Tyler. So the other influencers he's collaborated with include um, Moist Kerm, Lord Minion 777, Jacksepticeye, and Gerbeakly. He started his first channel on August 29th, 2012, and started his current channel on December 1st, 2015. He is very well known for having like a happy and like soft personality like he's just i think his merch is like soft boy yeah soft boy yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like clouds and pastels yeah and we love him he's, so, <laughs> he's just happy he finds the joy in the little things he's very happy everything is exciting <laughs> <laughs> um, and he is also one of the hosts of the unis honest channel along with mark so Ethan was born in Cape Elizabeth, Maine. Um, he would record videos with his friends, take improv, or practice gymnastics. I think he did gymnastics for over 10 years. Long time, yeah. Yeah. And he started YouTube on August 29th, 2012 with his friend Andrew Harrington. His first video is labeled Dirty Mike and the Boys Happy Wheels Gameplay Numero Uno. Um, it was uploaded on August 30th, 2012 on his first channel, and in the video, Ethan and Andrew play a few levels of Happy Wheels. Happy Wheels numero uno. <laughs> they play Happy Wheels. Straight to the point. <laughs> he later started another channel called Cranky Vlogs in May 2013. At the end of 2015, Ethan decided to make a new channel called Crank Gameplays, um, and the second to last video he uploaded to his original channel was Dying My Hair Blue. Um, in the video, he dyes his hair because he promised he would if they hit the goal in one of his charity live streams. He dyed his hair blue on October 16th, 2015, around the same time as Mark and Jack, uh, or Sean. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> The last video he posted to his old channel was moving to a new channel. <laughs> he graduated from Cape Elizabeth High School in 2015. After graduating, Ethan decided to move to Portland, Maine and take a gap year to focus on YouTube. He considered going to Full Sail University in Florida, but never applied and ended up sticking to posting videos. So. You don't need no school. No, you really, you really don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, Mark dropped out too. Yeah, he's he an engineer. <laughs> so, if you want to go to school, you can go to school. Yeah. <laughs> Do what makes you happy, but like, if you, if school makes you happy, go to college. If you are like, I don't really want to go to college don't you don't need it it's really you'll you'll be all right so yes so that is mark and ethan the two creators of unis honest which i'm going to get into now so unis honest was a joint youtube channel created and run by mark and ethan the two did a variety of activities on the channel uploading one episode every day while steering clear of the normal gaming gaming videos they usually do um ethan represented the unis which is one and then while Mark represented the honest persona, which is year. And the matching friendship necklaces, I'm getting me and Brittany, are one says Unis and the other says honest. I'm getting the Unis one for myself because I am the Ethan of our dynamic. <laughs> and I'm giving her the honest one because she is the Mark of our dynamic. <laughs> You're not wrong. No, I'm not. <laughs> Here is me, very happy-go-lucky, finds the joy in little things, constantly getting distracted. <laughs> Here's me telling you not to touch me and I hate you. <laughs> it works. It works. It fits. The channel was created on November 13th, 2019 as a way of giving their viewers a once in a lifetime experience free of what they considered as a restrictive guideline with the end goal being to remove all of its content from YouTube after one year without any intent of preserving it as well as discontinuing Unis Honest merchandise, hence the channel's name, which... And this method aligned with Mark's idea of not everything being immortalized on the internet and that most of the treasured experiences lie within those unique fleeting moments tying into Unis Honest's symbolic imagery of frailty and death and their commonly used term, momento mori, which is the Latin expression for remember that you have to die or remember that you die. The have to is in like brackets, so it can be included or not. In addition, Mark also stated that they would be issuing copyright takedowns to any re-uploads of the channel's deleted content without their permission, um, but they would allow like images and short transformative excerpts to remain, which I get my serotonin from watching Unis Honest compilation videos that are just like my favorite moments from Unis Honest or Unis Honest moments that made me happy. Yeah, some of my favorite ones are just... Here's three minutes of Ethan making Mark laugh, or here's <laughs> three minutes of Mark making Ethan laugh. I'm just like, that was such joy. I miss it. Yes. Honest. But I appreciate what they did, but I was just like, 
it was such serotonin every day after yeah. work for me. Me and Richard would just watch it overnight. I loved their videos, and that's why I'm like, I thrive off those compilation videos mm-hmm. now, because technically they're not breaking the rules, because they're not re-uploading yeah. full videos. They're doing compilation videos, and I'm like, oh, the joy I, I feel. Know. I'm just like, babies. There's like an hour compilation of like someone's favorite moments from Una's Honest, and I'm like, I'm going to watch that. Wow, that's a long one. Yeah, I think <laughs> I was like, I'm... I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna strap in. I'm gonna get my wine, and we're just gonna fucking go. So Unis Honest's theme um, is centered around. Oh wait, what? <laughs> I skipped like a whole sentence. <laughs> On November fourteenth, twenty twenty, after a twelve-hour broadcast, Mark, Ethan, and Amy made all of the Unis Honest social accounts private and finished off the live stream by terminating the channel. I cried. Did you? I, I did because it was very sad. I got- it was like. I got real close. I did, because what they did, I think it was, Amy was looking directly in the camera, Ethan was looking uh, at the laptop where they were canceling it, I think, and then Mark was looking behind them at the timer, and that was just like, I was like, oh god, I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, I got got close, but I I didn't. And then when they made each other lie in the coffin, I was like, okay. (laughs) Like, make Amy get into the cry box. (laughs) Amy looked so beautiful. God, Amy's gorgeous. Amy's a goddess. I have a crush on Amy. Me too. <laughs> so, Unis Honest's theme is centered around life and death, with its primary, primary colors consisting of white and black as a tie-in to the symbolism. Um, its primary imagery featured an hourglass with a skull inside each cylinder, representing the incessant passage of time, which stresses me out a lot. <laughs> I literally had a breakdown before that one episode because I was like, I how was that two years ago? <laughs> um, as well as them etching towards the series deletion date. Each video's intro would start off with a slow rise of Mark and Ethan's distorted voices chanting the channel's name. Alongside its introduction and closing credits was a timer um, that counted down from 365 days and 12 hours with each subsequent upload each upload subtracting 24 hours off the clock to indicate indicate the remaining lifespan of the channel. The project initially sharing multiple placeholder titles such as This Many Days Left 365 and Honest Singulus um, has been in the works for several had been in the works for several months prior to its announcement. According to both Mark and Ethan, Unus Honest was created with the intention of diverging from their mainstream content, as both of them felt burned out from making almost exclusively gaming-related videos for several years, which I totally can understand. In one video's post-credit scene, Mark and Ethan described Unus Honest as an opportunity to push themselves out of their comfort zone and experiment with more creative and unconventional content. Um, and something they would, which was something they would not normally get away with on their main channel due to YouTube's strict advertiser-friendly guidelines, monetization issues, and age restrictions. Love watching YouTube, but YouTube has lots of issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, their first video was they made breakfast with sex toys. Like, yeah. <laughs> can't Defin- do that on normal YouTube. <laughs> definitely could not get away with that on a main channel. <laughs> Love how our main channel. I'm pretty sure I said fuck several times in the first video. Oh, we're definitely we're not monetized. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the two placing numerous Easter eggs across various episodes, most of the channel's ideas were made up on the spot without an end goal in mind. They were like, "Let's just do this thing," and then they did that thing. They just had fun, yeah. and which I love. The they learned, like focused it on like different other people in the areas like different businesses mm-hmm. and stuff like that which that was nice yeah i liked watching <laughs> this is so stupid but some of my favorite ones they were all stupid <laughs> some of my favorite ones were like the the training videos like the we did this training or we did like oh, this yeah, yeah. yeah like the workout videos where they would like go against each other and like those are so stupid but i loved <laughs> them which because I want to start working out, so it was like such a like good inspiration, and just to like see them having fun with it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that is, I loved those ones. Those are some of my favorites. They're Granted, awesome. I had a lot of favorites, but <laughs> those are some of my favorites. They had some good ones. They were all. Good. I liked them all. Yeah. Oh, there wasn't like a bad one. <laughs> Even during like when quarantine quarantine hit and like kind of fucked it up, they still got creative with it. Yeah. 
which you know that like ruined their plans. Even they even said like we had so many cool things planned, but they just had to wing it. There was a pandemic, and there's nothing they could do about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> another one of my favorite ones was the escape. Was it an escape room or was it just like? Uh, they went to like an escape house and there was the girl that was cage. freaking Ethan out. Yeah. He <laughs> was like, are you okay? <laughs> and Mark was like trying to solve the puzzle. And yeah, was, Mark like, was like in the trailer. Just like, chotting up the girl in the cage. <laughs> that was one of, that, like if I had to pick. That would be us. <laughs> if I had to pick one favorite, that would be my favorite. And that totally would be us. I'd just be like talking to the, to the girl trapped in the cage. Do you want to come with us? <laughs> and... Ethan be like, look, Mark's in there trying to figure it out because I'm an idiot. And she's like, my life is in the hands of an idiot. Yeah. And he, he was like, well, two idiots. And she's yes. like, I love that video. because, And I think you're right. That's definitely us. Yeah. We need to do that one time. We need to do that escape room. We're going to need more people. <laughs> it can't just be us. It should just be us. Oh, it yeah. needs to just be us. We'll make a whole, we'll make a YouTube video out of it. We'd have to get permission to film it. Oh, would we? I'm sure. Unless we want to sneak in. <laughs> GoPros. I just start doing shit and I, I think about the consequences later. That's what they taught me in art school. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> that was literally what they told us. <laughs> like, oh, break into this building and do a photo shoot? Ask forgiveness, not permission. I have broken into several buildings. And not even for art stuff. I was just like, that looks abandoned. I kind of want to see what's inside. And then I go in. It's called oh. Urban Spelunking. <laughs> Fun yeah. fact. Although I took my brother with me one time and he's been a little bitch about it. <laughs> so... Because we found, we were, um, since we live in the, like, middle of fucking nowhere, we were just, like, exploring, like, around, and we were, like, walking down the road, and, like, we went to the creek, and we found this, like, passage that cut into the woods, so we went down the passage, and we found this, like, barn that looked like it was fall absolutely falling apart, and I was like, we should go in, and, but granted, we did kind of hear some noises coming from the barn, and I was like, we definitely need to go in. And Brett was like, absolutely fucking not. We're not going in there. I was like, no, come on. It'll be fun. He was like, you're going to get murdered. We're going to get murdered. I was like, well, we should still go in. And he was like, no. And then he didn't let us go inside the fallen down barn. But it's I would have let you go in. Thanks. So it's probably good that we weren't friends. Because <laughs> I used to break into buildings all the time when I was young. Before art school. <laughs> Definitely, definitely heard a saw sound, like the sound of like a chainsaw. Could have been someone's workshop. It could have, uh, which is what I was kind of, I was like, if there's someone in their chainsaw, it's probably fine. And we just need to be like, hey, sorry, we thought it was like, we were just exploring. And then they'd probably be like, okay, cool. And then like, we'd move on our merry little way. But Brett was like, no. So Brett just ruined all my fun. <laughs> Also possibly saved your life. But who knows? <laughs> I feel like people don't get murdered as often as we think they do. <laughs> we listen to true crime and we have a true crime segment. People get murdered so often. <laughs> but in like sketchy situations like that. I, I mean like... usually by people they know. Yeah, but... <laughs> exactly. So it's like going into a random abandoned barn, less likely you're going to get murdered. I'd be more likely to get murdered by you than I would have been going into the sketchy barn. <laughs> it could still happen. It, it still could happen. <laughs> Especially when we do it in an escape room together. I might murder you. Yeah, we, but we still need to. Please let us do that one time. <laughs> For my birthday. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> and my birthday is also the one year anniversary of the podcast, so we could do the escape room for like my birthday and celebrating one year of the podcast. Anywho, <laughs> I was like, we're not gonna get off track. I was gonna say, no tangents, right? <laughs> Although some some did view it as like an absurd celebration of death, like just an over the top like. But Mark commented that the actual purpose behind Unis Honest's theme was about learning and accepting the inevitability of one's own demise and making the most out of their limited time as his general principle is that a person needs to give their life some kind of meaning in order to truly appreciate it. Yeah. Which I also think is very sound advice. Like, we're all gonna die one day. Live your life the way you want to. And for as far as like giving your life meaning, that's not like 
you need to go get a great job and go to school and spend all this money to just be the it's just finding something that you love be and happy because living, we're all gonna die yeah that's why i quit my job live your life to the fullest because one day it's all gonna end this also tied in with Mark's views on the frailty of digital media as he stated that people have a false idea of everything being immortalized on the internet. Despite enjoying their time together, Mark expressed relief to be done with the project, noting that it did take up a lot of time, requiring at least three days per week to do. Oh yeah, a, a, episode, a video a day <coughs> is a lot of work. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you, you got to film, edit, render... It's so like when Brittany's editing, I'm like, I'm so sorry for everything because <laughs> she has to do so much work and it feels so bad. Yeah, I'm a lazy editor. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And then between March and early June, 2020, as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak, Martha, Mark and Ethan, Marth, Martha. <laughs> Mark and Ethan put their ongoing projects on hold in order to abide by California's mandatory lockdown and social distancing policies. Over like a few weeks, the two would keep producing small scale videos separately from one another, only interacting through voice chat and video calls. Three months later, after confirming that all the crew members tested negative for the virus, the Unis Honest team resumed their work around mid-June while of 2020 while making sure to follow the safety protocols by limiting their set to as little people as possible and although the channel managed to recuperate and continue with the work the production was notably downsized and several ideas were scrapped due to the ongoing epidemic Mm -hmm. so they had a lot of ideas for the channel that they unfortunately couldn't do just because like Brittany said there's just a virus that they couldn't control we're in a we're in a panini there was nothing they could do about it but they, I think they handled it well. So. They did. I thought so too. Um, and despite the set, setback, they had no interest in like prolonging the channel. Mm-hmm. Like they felt that like if they redid it to where it like restarted after COVID, that it would diminish the meaning behind the creation of the channel. And then nearing the end of the summer, they held a nine-day mini series called Camp Una's Honest, which was themed around exaggerated camp-based activities, which is also super duper fun. Yeah, those were fun. <laughs> those were fun videos. <laughs> And then, following the plot behind the Truth of Unis Honest episode, Mark and Ethan were supposedly taken over by their Unis and Honest personas. They prepared for their final two weeks. Um, the remaining 12 days were spent commemorating the channel's one-year run with various side activities and send-offs. Ethan and Mark updated their social media profiles to that of Unis and Honest, respectively, swapping out their regular usernames and icons with those of their alter egos and stylizing their accounts' banners to the characters respective colors black for unis which was ethan and then white for honest which is mark in accepting the truth mark and ethan announced a 12 hour long live stream starting on friday november 13th 2020 at 12 p.m pacific standard time which would serve as the channel's finale during the broadcast ethan mark and amy would replay and review their videos interact and share various works as well as interview the crew members and collaborators Following the 12-hour mark, the trio made all the Unis Honest social accounts private and wished their viewers one final goodbye before terminating the channel. And according to Mark, the two planned for the series to end exactly on Friday the 13th, which I was like, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Following the channel's deletion, Mark and Ethan made commemorative YouTube vlogs to reflect on their one-year run. In the videos, whenever the two would allude or directly mention any content associated with Unis Honest, whoever was editing the videos would jokingly, like, put censorship or, like, bleep out or completely delete um, the mentioning of Unis Honest, which I was like... Commitment. I was like, that is commitment. (laughs) And then on November 14th, 2021, around midnight Pacific Standard Time, Mark and Ethan uploaded a separate video on their main channels titled Memento Mori, in which they pay respects to the now defunct Unis Honest channel on its death day, as well as reflect on their one-year journey since the series' conclusion. And in 2021, Mark and Ethan were nominated at the 11th Annual Streaming Awards in the Best Collaboration category for their work on Unis Honest. And that is Mark, Ethan, and Unisonis. Love them. <laughs> Loved Unisonis. 
I know one of my favorite things, like, towards the end of Unas Anas, everyone was, like, on Twitter, like, quick, memorize your, your birthday Unas Anas video. That way, when you meet new people, you can ask them what their birthday video was to see if they're cool, as <laughs> if they were a part of it. Do you know your birthday Unas Anas video? Fuck no. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure mine was um, when they made their own sensory deprivation tanks in the oh. bathtub. <laughs> I think that was my birthday one. Yeah, I have no idea what mine was. Uh, people won't think it's cool. Uh, I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was just watching them and vibing. Alright, I guess we will spin. Let's spin. Ooh. <laughs> All right, do you want to tell them our really happy topic? That's going to be super fun oh, to record. <laughs> I wonder what the drink is. <laughs> well, we got Mystical, which what? is fun. Yes. But what's our drink? It's a drink we don't like. <laughs> of course. Damn. It has been a while. Yeah. All right. So... Mystical, yay, drink, boo. Boo. <laughs> but we'll we'll suck it up. We'll drink it. We will. So if you would like to get, um, find our podcast, we are on. <laughs> if you, you would like to get. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to find our podcast, we are on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Sip in Spin Pod. Or you can email us at sipinspinpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to find Brittany, you can find her at Whimsy Dream or Whimsy Dreams. And if you'd like to find me, I'm at GleamYKS on all social media. But as always, the three link trees for the show, myself and for Brittany, are in the description below. Yes, and if you want to listen to Skylar, guest star, on the One True Pod... Do you want to plug that again? Yes. Please go check out the One True Podcast on Spotify, Buzzsprout, basically anywhere where you can find a podcast. Uh, it is a podcast where we just get where Ro has different guests on to talk about a ship they like and just to have fun and talk about fan works and stuff like that. And it's a really good, just good vibes all around and I was on to talk about Akiharu from Given, if you remember our Given ep bonus episode, because I love Given and I love Akiharu, so definitely go check that out at the One True Podcast. Yes, do it. But we thank you so much for listening, and we'll sip with you next time. Woo. Thank Memento you. Mori. Memento Mori. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.